Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who would never get murdered for a car. Definitely Alex Dandino. All right, you probably heard it up top. Uh, I was busy (laughs) being a Florida Sasquatch for the last handful of days. Uh, yeah, every toxin and poison that Florida had to offer, I imbibed in. So my voice is, uh, not going to be the powerful sleigh ride that it normally is for you. So I apologize. (laughs) However, let me take on the, uh, very special, uh, awesome stuff we have at the top here. Folks, it's official. We're on Patreon, please. For $1 a month, it's a buck, $1 a month. And you, Griffey's miming now. If you go to the YouTube, you can watch him mime for $1 a month. For one dollar a month, you can get access to our Discord. For a couple extra bucks, you can get access to all these awesome special episodes we do. This month, we're doing uh, what's it? The Dark Backwards, Fosky's pick, The Dark Back. Yeah, that's our uh, Patreon. Patreon, and exclusive. there will be blood, and there will be blood. It should be pretty dope. Um, and of course, as always, we want you there. So please click that. Get on that Patreon button. Click that one dollar. That's our Christmas gift. We love you. Get your we're voice heard sa- over there, yeah. We're on all the same socials you are, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Hive. I don't even use Hive. I don't even know what <laughs> Technically, Hive Technically, we are on Hive. I think Hive died already. Either way, whatever <laughs> socials you use, we use them at Film Alchemist, at Film Alchemist Pod. We're everywhere. Just Google us. You'll find us. You can email the pod also at filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Uh, what else am I forgetting? All of the other YouTube. good stuff. YouTube. Oh, yeah. You can see our beautiful, awesome repo man faces here on yeah. our youtube well, channel. my voice is weak my face is still strong and face sex is quite strong you can check us out on <laughs> youtube it's a delight you can watch griffey you can't Mime. ride my voice ride my face you can, over on youtube <laughs> you could watch griffey mime through this entire thing while i fuck up all of our q q q stiff um yeah. i don't know that's all i got i think we should talk about repo man Repo Man, I uh, a winner of the stocking stuffer contest from our dear friend, longtime supporter, uh, man that makes us feel like this is all worth it. Howard, thank you oh, so much. Howard. It's Howard. Howard Pirates. It's close to pirate. It's close uh, to I pirate, but check. not pirate. Right. It's got some F's in there. It's got some F's and some stanks. So there's a, there's we'll a Z of some Howard kind. P. Our dear dear friend Howard P. Uh, who we adore very much. He uh, picked a wonderful movie for us to talk about tonight, Repo Man. Yeah. Uh, An Emilio Estevez, Harry Dean Stanton joint. 1984, directed. Kind of a classic cult cult following movie. Yes. Um, it It is a weird kind of tonal vibe movie, right? This is checking in with how the American dream's going for you. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a theme of some of our picks this month. This is a hardcore, Um, like, what's the deal with Reaganism uh, movie. It's, right, right. It's pretty on the nose and This fun. is a The Kids Aren't Okay movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's kind of this interesting time machine. Wink, wink. Um, wow. Into a different era and a different headspace that kind of plays out as this fun, campy parody of, not per se other movies, but of kind of America itself at the time. It's mm-hmm. a really fun ride. It's good. It's a really, it's a fascinating movie because- also like so this movie gained like a lot of notoriety and a lot of steam people didn't think it was going to do well um because it had such a horrible like getting made process was very difficult for it actually michael nesmith from the monkeys uh helped like put this movie together and he actually financed it (laughs) through universal through what's called a um negative pickup deal which essentially is uh universal's like yeah yeah you guys make the movie and put it out but if you can't finish it you're fucking paying for it. So it was like this whole thing. Right. There's actually a lot writing on Alex Cox's uh, Emilio Estevez vehicle, and it paid off. It actually got widespread acclaim, made a bunch of money, and uh, I mean, comparatively to its original budget, and uh, yeah, did very well. However, I know, I know the one that I think is available on the one I watched the one on Amazon Prime. That one is the version that Alex Cox um, re-edited because they had, had they had to re-edit it for TV because it was the '80s. So they re-edited uh, it a lot and like took out a lot of weird profanity. 
So um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I got to tell you, I I, love, I I enjoyed it. This is the first time I watched it too, which is weird. Yeah, this was one in college. It just came up on the like, what are the art cult films you got to see? And we watched this, but if I remember right, the time or two I've seen this, uh, we were as baked as Miller. Nice. And it wasn't all landing per se, right? It was kind of like watching vignettes. Um, I think the closest thing to anything like this that we've talked about on the pod would be Ghost Dog, right? It's just kind of following these characters through like a town is setting, <laughs> right? I think this place is like funny Ghost Dog to me. I think they're they're spiritual sibling movies in a way. I could kind of see that. Yeah, East there's... meets West, right? Well done, Ghost Men. I can. No. <laughs> I can kind of see that. I mean, this is very specific to. It's very specific to the time. I was telling you before the pod, and this is actually something I really love about movies about Los Angeles in the '80s, because in the like '70s and '80s, New York was like the cool cesspool spot. Like you saw a lot of cool shit when you watch Even them Philly, now. Yeah, when you watch them now, like those are like the dirty, dirty, dirty down down spots. Like that's that's the way it is that's the way it's supposed to look when you do la movies in the 80s they focus a lot on like beverly hills and mm -hmm. hollywood the way that i palm think trees bikinis want hollywood to be those of us yeah. who've lived out here who've been out here know that hollywood the way people picture it is like literally two square blocks and the rest of it's just dog shit um what's nice about what i like about repo man is it really does celebrate the true cesspoolness of los angeles during the 80s which was like downtown it's still a mess but downtown was a real fucking mess like a disaster area and i don't i mean i never saw any glitz and glamour locations in this movie that's what i love the most it felt like i it felt like they shot it in the valley which is pretty cool um, yeah no this this is a it feels movie that this is kind of but see the other thing i think where it, where it is kind of spiritually ghost dog adjacent to me it's just about these these people, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone in these uncertain times, as they say, is trying to carve out a spot for themselves, right? And they all have these creeds and codes and rules. That's the shit that I love about this movie. Yeah, I love them telling each other, this is how I live my life. And no one in this movie is an exceptionally high-achieving person of any kind, right? We're not... We're no. not dealing with, you know, rocket scientists. Yeah, per we're not se. dealing we're not dealing, we're dealing with, with just know, normal everyday guys. Yeah, we're not dealing with like Tim Robbins and the player. This is literally like people yeah. in Los Angeles. And they're Angeles talking about how they out. get through day to day, right? When the job's chewing them up, the shittiness like their job is to every day wake up, go find someone else who doesn't have a lot, and take yeah. it from them. It kind of reminds that me has of to the, take um, a psychic toll. So they have these codes, right? Right. You know, a repo's man life is always intense. A repo man never gets shot over a car. A repo man, you know, always walks alone like John. Like, they have these fucking rules. And I love the, like, slightly dis different tweak on it we see from everyone to Miller mm -hmm. to Light to Bud. Um, and it just, it really gets at, like, even his parents, right? I thought that was a really cool scene. Man. And he goes home and he's like, Mom, Dad, I think I'm, I'm going to go to school after all. They're like, oh, we're just stoned and gave all your money to There's this fucking nothing... TV preacher. There's nothing more like screaming 80s than former hippies handing over money to an televangelist. That is like, again, there's like some on the nose, holy fuck, the 80s were insane stuff. That is like my favorite one. Yeah, this is also because Bud, or not Bud, whatever the fucking main guy's Otto. name is. Uh, Otto. Otto and his friends are suburban punks, SLC style, right? The kids that are rich. And should have nothing to complain about, but they just got to find ways to fuck around, right? right. Um, you know, at the start, he tells the manager to fuck off when he's, you know, doing Kansas. Now he's out in a garage getting all fucking punk rock. Yeah. But you know how I knew he was a fake punk is when he stopped to fold his pants really gingerly. I was like, that's the least punk rock shit I've ever seen. He comes back. His newly released felon friend is now just fucking plowing yeah, his see girlfriend. The, see, the, see, I could handle the pants folding. It was when he came back and saw that his friend was plowing his girlfriend, and he just was like, darn. And I'm like, dude, fucking get in there. Either beat that guy's ass or join him. That's punk. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, fucking ass-to-ass -ass moment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's punk, too. Like, I don't know. I don't I do care what the you do. The just starts. They start fucking I think that's another thing I fucking love about Wait, this movie. I have to ask you this, though. Sure. If you had walked in on a girlfriend fucking another guy your response would be rage in battle oh no i'm an emo man my response would be go write a song about it that's that's that, you know, that's me that's awesome see mine would be the same thing it's like i hope you enjoy each other yeah. 
Hope you enjoy I go each and other. fucking smoke cigarettes and probably eat a burrito. Yeah. I hope they're happy. I'm going to write these sweet <laughs> lyrics real quick. Oh, yeah. I've never understood the like, oh, my God, that guy's balls are slapping my girlfriend's ass. I better get in there and yeah, fight no. him. It's like, what? Yeah, why would you do that? Like, you're, the war is like, lost. She's already done it. Like, it's over. I've never yeah. understood that either. I actually thought Otto's yeah, response was... I don't go was, and scoop up the rocks of Alderaan. The fight's over. Yeah. I move on to Otto, the next battle. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good analogy i like that one yeah Otto. Otto does exactly what all of us would do see that but that's still like to me the punk rock thing would be to like fight it out i guess but, that's true but like but he's not a real he's, punk. A, real he's punk. a suburban fake ass punk right again i this is actually something i because again I've, I've never watched this movie and i don't know why i mean again it's just one of those it's one of the everyone's got those holes in their um movie watching everyone i hate people that act like they've seen everything yeah repo man was cool i um i'm sad i missed it earlier because so many of these punk bands that are part of the school part of the soundtrack just like i loved suicidal tendencies when i was younger suicidal like, tendencies yeah yeah and then not only that this movie has the fucking circle jerks as like the band at the nightclub they all go to i'm like the bad brains yeah they got a bunch Come of good on, man what else did, when he's folding his jeans it's too institutionalized I, dude <laughs> like, i thought fuck? the exact it's so <laughs> funny because i paused it to make sure that was the song because that was the part i was like is this institutionalized and i paused it because yeah. on prime it'll tell you like the little factoids and shit and i'm like all right cool Somebody yeah. understands the movie they're in. So Great. that went from being a punk rock fold your pants during intercourse theme song to guitar heroes. <laughs> I know. That man. is the journey of every punk band. You eventually live long enough to be in a car commercial or in guitar or a video heroes. game. Yeah, that's just how it goes. Man. I feel but, like it, I feel like guitar heroes like the infamy that you live as a band, you're like, Oh wow, I really made it. It's when you're in Madden is when you're like, All right, maybe maybe my <laughs> shit went a little south. Yeah, That's like Madden, the least you're not thing. actively participating. Yeah, you're Madden, a part of the band. Madden, you straight you up sold the song over. Like Rock yeah. Band, you can get away. I've been listening to the, I've listened to this Vagrant Records podcast, and Census Fail was talking about how they actually sold a bunch of records on the strength of this song that was in their uh, one of their one of the Guitar Hero games mm -hmm. and i'm just like there you go like that's that's the perfect way for a fucking punk or emo band to sell out is to sell it to a guitar hero or rock band. like at least people are actively enjoying my music right well the, the movie weirdly and i guess maybe this is another attack on reaganism right but it kind of shows the the horse shit of punk rock itself right like i think a lot of us were young punks we thought oh yeah and i also would have been like maybe not suburban but like a farm punk right like we had these small towns. We're like, fuck. Yeah, I think dude, it's really specific. Like it's a, Look, there is this at a certain age, right? Like going to see, I don't know, pick your punk panda of the day, Pennywise or whoever. Mm -hmm. Seeing them now is like damn near 60 year old men. It's playing tough. those songs is so different. And watching Emilio and his friends kind of fucking hit that crossroad. I actually found that really poignant as a guy who used to hold himself to i was more metal than punk but we were kind of spiritual right. brothers like ghost dog in this movie um and it is funny how it just fucking slowly fades away because as our parents are squares as we see them eventually you realize they're all just buds and they're just like fucking sick of everything yeah which is kind of the, the true truest distillation of the punk rock attitude yeah. is the old man who's just like fuck him and fuck him and fuck yeah him. i mean it's interesting because we all sort of we all sort of want to hold on to this. Like, it's not even a bastion of rebellion. It's literally just like, oh, I like this music, and it was like, not what my parents listened to, right? And we all think that that's what there makes us. There is nothing like, better as a young person than your parents hating your music. Yeah, it felt like like that's like your that's like your first taste of true rebellion is mm -hmm. like your parents not liking what you've decided to like put in your ears, and like that right. to me was like but it, I, it also replicates right like what was that famous punk rock quote right is it we have more to say than talent to play it right yeah and it's there is this lively like when they're just out in a parking lot just pushing each other that's 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 it it's like it's just something to pass the time you feel alive you got juice because what we do is we see our parents on the couch donating money right right we see them dressing like squares we see them doing this and so it, it's funny to watch bud embrace that but he thinks he's not becoming them right well it's right? also he like the repo man is this this real life cops and robbers as he says right 
and I think really well, he's just caught in the fucking grind of of Reaganomics. Right. And I mean, like, that's exactly what like him. <laughs> this is like what I loved is it is like this complete it and it happens really abruptly. And I don't you know, you can you can read into it however you want to. But when he goes to his parents as I'm going back to school and they're like, oh, we gave your money to televangelism. Like, that's the last like. That's the last bastion. Like, that's the line is like, I want to go better myself through education. And my hippie parents have. I think given he was going to steal it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, like, whatever you want to put it, you know, whatever you want, whatever spin you need to put on it to get your money. Like, he was going to steal it either way. Right. I want my money so that I can do whatever I want. I want the freedom that my parents had as hippies to do whatever the fuck I want with it. So. Right your violent reaction to your parents essentially stripping your freedom from you to be anything you want isn't to become like, you know, uh, isn't to be go out and join like black flag or anything like that. Cause that's the other thing too, is like, this isn't just punk bands. These are like hardcore punk bands, like California, hardcore punk bands were rough. Like they actually like partied hard and also like, you know, broke venues and that kind of shit. They weren't folding their pants before bone. They certainly were not. But like, no. what's fascinating to me is like Otto, who's a punk with this dangly earring and the, like hardcore punk loves circle jerks, loves suicidal tendencies, asks his parents for his money, doesn't get it, goes and gets a job like to become part right. of the rat race. It is really like the, and to be like the other part of it too. And I don't know if you felt this way, but like the whole gang, like all of them, it actually reminded me a lot of that, like every time the cabbies get together in Taxi Driver, where they're all just like, like <laughs> cracking wise. Yeah, like that's the vibe I got. Absolutely, it is funny because as you were talking, I was like, this movie strangely has a really conservative hint to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? totally. Like there is this, you know, at the end when he's like meeting up with the friend who pounded his girlfriend out, and there's the fucking shootout or whatever, and he's like, I blame society for what I am. And he's like, ah, to hell with that. We were both suburban punks. Like, you wasted your life. Yeah. You did this, right? And then he asks his girlfriend, he's like, hey, stick around. I'll make you a repo wife. And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's like and, super and pleased runs. with himself as a repo man. Like, he's part that, of the rap This race. is what I'm saying, right? Because he's, we watch the, the youth degenerate, right? Hey, let's go do some crimes, right? Which sounds like what our uncles think we were all doing when we were younger. Totally. Um, but there there is this you watch him slowly because he first goes into that office and he's like, I'll never be a repo man. He pours the beer out. And then the lady, you know, is like, it's too late. You already are. And he likes that little bit of right. Him and his friend are then outside wearing their phony outfits, looking for jobs. Next thing you know, he's on repos. And like on the first day, it's him and the Rodriguez brothers doing that race in the LA river, right? Where they're busting each other up. And you see Harry Dean stands like, God damn some bitches. He's like cussing him out. And he's right. like, this fuck crazy. And you see Emilio is lit up like a kid at Disneyland. He's like, holy shit, this is a job. Right, right. This isn't putting fucking, you know, stickers on the cans. This is a job. Yeah. Real life cops and robbers. The first time he helps him, that fucking guy runs out and is trying to choke him out as they drive away. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's got a taste there. There is energy to it, even though he is becoming. Well, he was fucking stoked to square. get to do that. Uh, grease reenactment. You know, that was like my favorite. That's actually one of my favorite <laughs> auto parts is he gets out of the car in the dirty, dirty LA river. And he's like, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. Like that's a guy who loves his job now because no one else would put their feet in the LA river to bitch at somebody. Well, because he thinks there is this weird, like these, these repo men all kind of have this like old Western archetypal vibe. Yeah, totally. Where they're all kind of these old cowboys, right? And the wild West is changing or they're still moving on and finding gold. And I'm just here holding it down. Right. And so he feels like he's still punk rock. He feels like he can still tell everyone to fuck off. Yeah. But it's funny because by the end of the movie, it is bud. that is totally damning the system. And, oh, yeah. and Otto's becoming totally one I'll of I'll tell them. you, man, I think Bud is way more punk rock than any of the other characters in the movie. Harry Dean Stanton, Harry Dean Stanton is, is one of the man. absolute most underappreciated actors who's ever lived. It's not, you're not wrong. It is he's so fucking good in everything. I think people just assume he's the guy from Alien, but like he has that, he's always had that Christopher Walken thing where he'll mm-hmm. do any movie. And he's good in all of them. Like, he's never not been right. good. Like, even bit parts. Like, he, 
even like an alpha dog like he plays like a grandpa on alpha dog and he's even he's fucking great there like he's right. never not good i think the difference is walken does eccentric movies oh no they Harry become clips Stan just gifts. does guys he, he's, he's kind of yeah this like drawn out stepped upon american man yeah and so his are a lot more quiet but he still finds those powers i think Remember the first time he really was on my radar is when we were in H college after Sopranos. We watched everything HBO made, right? Rome. There's a whole even shitty ones like John from Cincinnati yep. or whatever. One season. Anything HBO did, you're like, we're yeah, watching. Yeah, we were like watching it for sure. And he was the the like Mormon cult leader dad, I believe, in Big Love. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, this guy's fucking great. Like, is this a brand new actor? And you're like, oh my god, we had to go back and find yeah all it's the work weird of one Harry Dean Stanton. For a guy who looks the way he looks, it's pretty distinct. You do forget that he's been in a bunch of movies because, like, he's just a guy. Yeah. Like, he just – and he's not doing anything weird. He's just being a guy, like, particular – like, this movie particularly, I love ev – like, everything he's – everything he's spouting off is kind of like real punk rock spirit. I think that's what's fascinating to but, me about but it. Through the mouth of like our uncles, right? Like the one right. when he's through screaming the about the winos. Uncle who's part of the system. Like who's right. had to be part of the system. He's yelling at the winos, right? And that, that line really jumped out at me. He's like, if only there's a way to find out what they owed and make them all pay it. Right. And Amelia's like, dude, they're street winos. Like they don't live like this because they want to. They have nothing. Yeah. And Harry Dean Stanton, again, this is part of the, the psyche of the repo man is stealing from those with the least, right? Right. They're not Robin Hoods, right? They're Robin Hood if all he did was mug other poor people. Right. No, I know they have legal They're not Robin Hoods. They're Robin Hoods. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And, and yeah, paperwork, whatever. Like, the spirit of it is a mean-spirited, cruel job. Yeah. And what they become is they're this, this boot for the system to help keep these people down, right? Because what happens if you take their car? Now there's less money to make, right? There's this, there's that. Uh, the girl he meets who works at the Fruitcake International Partnership. She doesn't have a car. I bet that makes her life a lot harder, right? All these people that he's ganking cars from. So there is this weird, while Harry Dean Stanton's like, I'm the one who's oppressed, he is also fucking oppressing constantly. And I think you see that weight on him, right? The one who's the most leveled out is Miller, the yeah. mechanic. Because he's like, I don't ever drive. The more you drive, the dumber you are. He just talks about all this ancient alien shit, right? Yep. And that's the thing, because he's not out there actively helping in this process, even though he's profiteering from it. Um, you, I guess you could say light is pretty well adjusted, too. Uh, running around shooting his blanks and fucking acting tough. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess for Los Angeles in the 80s, that's pretty well adjusted. That makes sense. <laughs> he didn't actually kill anyone. They did go beat up the grocer because Otto gave him a fake name. Uh, when Otto tried to steal that grandma's car and got his ass whipped, he went and had his boss's ass whipped. You know what's um, interesting? <laughs> what I find really fascinating about this movie, and because like we're roughly almost a half hour into talking about this movie, we haven't even mentioned the fact that like the driving force of this plot is not the day-to-day -day life of a repo man, but like there's some... 64 chevy malibu that literally vaporizes people if you open the trunk like not we haven't even brought it up yet that's the <laughs> well, first scene in the movie we haven't even thought about it it's an awesome dude that opening first scene is great. it has rad. a twin peaks vibe right it does a weird guy we don't understand this cop he's like don't look in the trunk i'm looking in the goddamn trunk give me the keys he gets vaporized right he turns into an atomic skeleton yeah like an old punk t-shirt and his fucking boots are allowed to cut what a fucking awesome opening yeah what is funny is that I actually kind of disagree. I think this is specifically just about the lives of Repo Men, and there's I, just the weirdest. I think it is second act edition that because honestly, you could take well, the alien car out. I'm of not this saying movie. it's part of. The, I'm it not saying matter it, at all. I'm not saying it's sorry that I, it, I misspoke. It's not that it's the driving force of the movie. I'm saying it's the driving part of the plot that people are that they're assuming keeps the movie going. Like, right. If they, this, if they filled out a saves the key cat beat sheet, it would be all about the aliens in the car. And if you read yeah. that, you would be expecting a wildly different like, movie imagine, than what we're watching. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, imagine the coverage on this movie and people are like, oh, it's this. And then like, or like someone pitching it and they're like, cool, here's a million dollars. Go make the movie. And they're like, yeah. it's really about this. It's like, essential. The pitch for this movie would just be Mac and me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's not the movie I don't know watching. if I'd go with Mac and me. I'd say. 
Just yeah. a kind-hearted, or Howard the Duck, right? A kind-hearted human fucking helping. I feel better saying Howard the Duck than Mac and me, yes. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see anyone come come mopping, so. Fair jizz enough. mopper, sorry. That was crude of me to say the other jizz mopper. Yeah, jizz moppers. That's the professional, yeah. Get your squeegee, alien. You're going to work and click, click. <laughs> yep. I... I was genuinely. What do, you, fa- what, do you, what do you make of the fucking alien? I was in this genuinely fascinated by it, and here's why. And this goes back to what I originally said, <laughs> what I meant to say. It's so inconsequential, but yeah. When you think about Los Angeles in the '80s, and when you think about these larger metropolitan areas, how funny is it to think that something like this would happen and no one would give a fucking shit? Like that is like. Like, short of, like, a few people who saw it and everyone else would be told, nah, it didn't happen. Like, Dude, Emilio I, laughs in her face after seeing the sausage picture, as he calls it. Yeah. So, so I, his, even at the end, like, so when he, like, <laughs> this is, like, to me, this is this is truly, like, the essence of the movie is the, the end when Miller gets in the car, it's, like, glowing green from radiation or whatever. And he's, like, motioning towards Otto, like, come on, let's go. And she grabs like, what about our relationship? And he, he's like, he's now he's like, what? She's like, what about our relationship? And he goes, fuck that. Walks yeah. away. I'm like, she this is the movie. Seemingly a part of this his, is the movie. his torture. But yeah, <laughs> like to that. me, that was like the essence of the film right there. I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to go do what I want to do. Like, that is that is what Repo Man feels like it's about at its core, which is like, look, I'm just trying to get through the day. Like this one day, there was a right. hugely irradiated car that I stepped into. Other days, you know, you're just repoing cars. It's yeah. Well, there's a real like. This is my gun. This is its job. Really, <laughs> like, this is my fucking car to repo. Because, but that's the thing, because the aliens <laughs> present some kind of unknown. Right, this is gonna change the status quo. The repo men become this force of we don't want anyone to know. There's these weird unnamed men in black running around. As this creep is just seemingly idling around Los Angeles with no real given target. Right. As these things decay, he's getting rot, you know, metaphorically for sitting too close to the truth. Right. Right? And by the end of the movie, I was like, we never see an alien. We see no evidence of aliens. All we know is that whatever's in that trunk is giving off radiation that's melting this human being. Right. And now turning this car into a time machine. Right, that takes Emilio and Miller back to the good old days. Back to the good old days. I, I was like, "What the there fuck is, is that happening s- at the center of this movie?" There is that other thing too in the movie. Like, um, is it Light who hands him the book for diuretics or whatever that shit is that's supposed mm-hmm. to basically be Scientology? Yeah. Um, at the end, those two guys are reading it on the ambulance in the presence of the green car. I was looking because after I watched it, I went online to look up if Alex Cox was a Scientologist because I was like, that seems very specific because like the whole thing. In, or he had a the, bad e-reading and he was pissed at Scientology. <laughs> certainly could be that. But with that ending, because there is that like whole bit like Cy and then even Miller has those conversations. Sorry, Cy Richardson's the actor. Light. And then uh miller i'll have that conversation about like what's futures like the future in the past and that kind of stuff and combined with that like that was the moment in the movie was like is this a scientology movie because again i had never seen it i'm like are we making this did he make a scientology movie and i went on like i don't think alex cox was a scientologist but either way i was like deeply suspicious through the rest of the movie there is this thing though you know this living in la that scientology is kind of weirdly omnipresent in la life we all laugh at it. We're like, ah, oh, that doesn't affect me. But you always see little signs of it everywhere. Yeah, it's around. Or meet one. Like, it's so weird that it's just out there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't. I The aliens to me, right? Because the two times we have contact points, let's say, are when the trunk opened, right? The cop opens it. He gets wasted. The, the punk and the ex open it. And they manage to get out before they see it. The other dipshit punk, right? The Invincible King. He opens it all the way. Right. And he's made boots. And to me, it had this very covenant, lost of uh, the Ark of the Covenant, right? Mm-hmm. That this thing is a mirror. And by seeing something so true, we can't handle it and we melt, right? right? And I think there's something to the fact that it was a uniformed police officer who melts. 
and a uniformed suburban punk who melts. It's just this fucking condemnation of all of this fucking horseshit that we have going on. Um, but yeah, I never really settled because it is such a because it plays as this character drama, right? That we're just following these men, and then we're going to use these men as a conduit to talk about the world, right? Classic indie movie stuff, right? The fact that they layered this thing in felt like it should have mattered more. But maybe it's just fitting the maybe it's just this this extra layer of flavoring, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just this nobody nobody knows what the fucking truth is or where we stand and maybe we all want a fucking wild chaotic upheaval like knowing that aliens were coming back at any day, right? Like that's the famous joke. That what if Jesus already did come back and we put him in an asylum? Right. You know, like, yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? I just, I've never settled. I've seen this movie a couple times, usually inebriated. I've never settled on why the fucking aliens are in this movie or if they even are aliens. Because only the lady at the Fruitcake Society says they're aliens. I, it's funny that you say that because I also wondered that too. Like, I'm like, are they just fucking people like is it just a fucking indie movie delorean it it very well could be is it just like a cheap way to do i mean well he said he was working on a neutron bomb which would destroy people but not buildings right and then his project was gone and then that seemingly when he started this road trip right so it feels like maybe he stole something he was making as an engine of destruction (laughs) and not actually little alien corpses again is it not just the most like capitalist notion to destroy people and not buildings and restart society? I I remember I saw a thing when I was younger, right? And some mathematician for like a paper did a study and he calculated the cost of every single bullet fired in world war two. Right. Right. And he goes for just the cost and manpower to create all those bullets. And all and bring back all the humans that those bullets killed, right? I think that was his equation. That we could have cured world hunger like fifteen times over. Some staggering number. Even if it's only five, who knows? I can't remember exactly. Right. But it was just this we we have everything we need all the time. We just are such fucking cocks of humans. Cocks of animals. You know right. what I mean? Well, I mean, it's, like, that is truly the that is truly the like that is the truest Reagan era notion. It's just like, look how much money we have and how much we'll stuff also deregulate we have. everything. Don't you want a guy with an eye patch driving around in a fucking yeah. nuclear bomb in the middle? Of the it's I'm again, like, where I, do you think he's driving? Let me ask you that one. Where the fuck do you think he's going? I think I assumed he was, I think here's the thing. I think because he was in Los Angeles, I assumed he was going downtown. To blow it up. To blow get rid it. of it. Well, or at least to blow up, you know. I guess at that point, the homeless. And now the homeless, too. So. Yeah. Again. They do a lot of that. Just Emilio and the guys just walking and driving pie homeless people yeah. everywhere. There's a really specific undercurrent of the, like, throes of what capitalism. Like, what really, like. It's also strange, too. because Selfish capitalism does. I d- they didn't really steal from a lot of white people. No, like not a lot of white people again were getting repossessed. There's like a weird tinge of that throughout the whole movie. There's this really strange undercurrent of that, and I don't like. I don't know if it's on purpose. Like it just feels that way because it's the '80s, and you're just like, man. I mean, different times, different times. Sure, um, but like it's also one of those things is, where you're it is like, something I specifically kept being like, are we gonna have like a hillbilly house well, here? Like or? that's always my thing. Is like I feel like movies like this it'd be cooler if they were like repoing and Bever- like that's where you'd be like in beverly hills and then driving it into the valley but that kind is of this stuff. like the parasite analogy right is that's that we are turned on each other right the people without money are weaponized against other people without money right so maybe the lack of white repoing and the fact that most of our repoers and fake punks and store owners are white people maybe that in and of itself is some kind of societal critique and not nefarious <laughs> certainly plausible i would i wouldn't that one makes sense that one makes more it sense is weird though because i always thought of this as a punk rock movie as i was younger but there is such a fucking 
conservative takeaway for me. To me, that your take there makes more sense than Alex Cox being racist. That like that makes more right. sense. I, I, me, I didn't mean to just accuse. No, no, but I think like because Alex Cox is British and he wrote this while he, I think he wrote this while he was in film school. He was at UCLA because he got like a I can't like a like one of the scholarships you get to come to LA. So he was here and he wrote it. So I wonder if this is all very specific to like his experience of being yeah, from an not outsider, from, seeing being an America. outsider, watching, watching America yeah. sort of like consume itself. Actually, that's probably the way out. Hey man, that, now that I think about I, it, I, I watch a lot of foreign news about America. Yeah. They, because yeah, they not, don't have the emotional investment. We they just look at us like, good. what the fuck is going on? The rest here? of the world thinks we are. And rightfully so. I didn't know psychopaths. he was a British film student at the time. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. To me. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it through that lens, there's something very specific about the colonialism of it all. And then also the overall Reaganism is very. Well, that's another interesting intense. thing in the movie, too, is that we never really see the authority or the wealthy. No. Right. We like there, only... there are men in black floating around. Yeah, but, but like they're, they're played almost as if they're alien or robots too. Like they're so no, yeah, they're just suits. Like they're literally just suits. We never so, see a rich person like judging. No, uh, you know the punks. We never see like a head cracking cop. It feels like I don't think so. It is kind of this almost yeah. Again, it, it, that get, adds to this kind of like neo western mm-hmm. with these cowboys just running around making up their own rules, repossessing horses and shit. <laughs> I mean. Why do you why do you think we don't look at the flip side of that coin in this movie? I think because it's unimportant to the story, mainly because like that, that. M- like more to the point, like not that it's unimportant, but more that it is so. Hmm, how do I put this properly? It's not that it's unimportant. It's that it's so irrevocably inhuman and that's what these people are trying to be like they're the most human versions you're going to see in this kind of environment so like to give the other perspective a is a really stupid narrative technique given that like we're so entrenched in auto and like bud's world like mm-hmm. it would for me like pacing wise take you completely out of the movie to go like handle it that's watch a, a really bunch, good point like watch a bunch of suits in, in this, like a dr strange love thing going what do we do about this neutron bomb like that pulls you completely out of the story not knowing where it's going or where it's from i think is what makes it worthwhile and thrilling to yeah. watch these characters discover it because these characters are us and they're literally reacting in the way that i think most well, right normal well, people yeah are. this bomb is not driving around Bel Air about to kill them, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. This is the places that we would live. Um, well, I mean that's a yeah. Like, that's another jobs. good point. Is like maybe the other part of that is, and the commentary would be that it's unimportant to if if somebody blows up a you know fucking I don't know anything factory over in Sun Valley, nobody gives a shit. But if you're gonna do it in the middle of Bel Air, like right next to the UCLA, UCLA right. campus, oh my god! Like that's like yeah. the difference well, there is between also this element of in our culture, especially like the way we talk about rich people, mm-hmm. it's like they're these mythical creatures, the same as a sand squanch or a chupacabra. You know what I mean? It's just like, they're like, what the fuck are these things? They behave in such different ways as us. Right. And you're like, no, they probably were just born into it. Or they cheated a system a little better <laughs> here or there. Like, it's not like a secret on how people get super rich. Right. Um, and I think there's something to that. Cause you hear the one scene that was heartbreaking for me, was when Bud's like, I'm not working for him anymore. I'm going to get this Malibu, get this 20 grand. I'm going to buy my own lot. I'm going to have my own job. I'm going to be watching for a while. And Light's just like, you can't do that with 20 grand. Yeah. And he's like, bullshit, my credit's perfect. Credit's the bond that society's based on. And I was like, oh, no. There's another, like. No. Because there's another Reaganism, the man. Repossessed. It is an oddly conservative movie. for He, be- like, so buys into. But, see, I think that's the thing. That's I the think Bud show. is our. Bud is the one that we know is Bud, being duped. Bud to me, yeah. Bud is the person. Bud's the baby boomer who the American dream was promised to. Right. That's what this. That's really what it boils down to. And Bud being a repo man, and at that point He's in his gotta life, got to go out and steal it from others. Yeah. Still expecting that is what makes it tragic because that is like the truest. That is the truest like American thing is like why was I not given what I was yeah. promised? A man with no money, nothing to show for it, as he said. 
but he believes his credit's good because he pays all his bills. Right. That is, I think, the truest American dream that most of us feel all the fucking time. <laughs> yes. It's like, I don't really have a lot to show for this, but I pay everything. Uh, you know? Yeah. Oh, my credit score is looking good. Um, and maybe that's even fucking white people problems, right? <laughs> it's like, you know. Uh, I, I do think there, because this is something I, I think it's grappling with my visions of what I thought the film was worth, which is what I think it is now. And I still think it's a pretty damning indictment of this, this system we have. Like, I don't think these repo It's a men, very specific era appropriate movie about yeah. what it is to be, about what it is not to just be an Angelino, but also like, what it is. They're not heroes or villains, right? They're just guys right. with a really it's, shitty job hurting other people. It's what it is to be just under the boot heel of capitalism. Like, you're part of the system, and you're literally lifting it but up. But you're in, like, the tread of the Doc Martin where you can see right. the sun in the bikinis. You you know what's going to you know what's gonna happen. Like <laughs> that's get out like, there. I like them. And it's like, no, you no, won't. I agree, though. That's exactly No, you won't, bud. You're going to the hospital, and you're going to get fucking nuked. <laughs> when Bud's just like, I'll die on my feet. He gets shot in a robe with his ass hanging out. It's such an unceremonious end. Um, that also felt very real. Uh but that, that's what I mean. It, it is this this running and di- I do think the punks were not used to the best effect. That kind of gives it its old man on the porch vibe, right? Is that they're just like these? Let's go have sushi's and not pay for it. I think that. Um, and again, harder. I know they're fake punks, but that shootout at the end is a pretty fucking brutal and amazingly shot scene. It is. I think that. I mean, and I think we've always and it's funny too because Alex Cox has made two punk rock movies. Neither of which I think have necessarily captured. What was his other punk rock movie? Sid and Nancy. Oh, shit. I didn't know he did that one yet. But, like, to me, I think, and we've talked about this, because I think I've written, like, three different ways um, stories about bands. It's very hard to capture that aesthetic. So, like, I feel like anything you do when it comes to, especially, I mean, and hardcore punk in the 80s, too, in Los Angeles is super crusty. So, I think there's, like, there's a really hard aesthetic to grab that is not that doesn't feel like antiseptic in a couple of ways so like to me the soundtrack is there but yeah like there's always that sort of glossiness over it for some reason just because like you can't capture that unless it's a documentary really i mean you could look at this movie as this kind of punk rock horror movie sure right that this is the fear like this seems like something henry rollins would have made a song about like yeah. You know, the Rollins band could have written a song that was essentially the story of Repo Man. Yeah. I mean, this um, is like, yeah, this would be like a movie you'd screen at like, hey, man, we're all going to fucking party. We're, you know, original Black Flag lineups yeah. here, and then we're going to watch. This used to be a tenant warp Repo tour. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, sure. ooh, not me. <laughs> yeah. That's what's, that's not actually, me, the, this is, that's what Warp Tour is going to turn into is just watching Repo Man for 18 hours, and then everyone's like, all right, let's go home. They're just calling punks to watch Repo Man so they can take all their cars back. You're a, you're a punk boomer. You're going out. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> it, look for a first. You, t- if you had, if you had to summarize, right? As we watch yeah. Otto and Miller fly off in the green car to a better time and place. Where do you think that is, man? What do you think this movie saying that destination is? I mean, I think that I don't know if there's necessarily a destination. I feel like if I'm really thinking about it, like if you're really looking at the metaphors for what they are, you have a Chernobyl level event sitting in the back of the car. You have one guy, like one guy who's just two of wearing, them can get in and everyone else is getting lightning. Everyone else is getting fucking Even vapors. the Bible gets lit and the guy's like, holy fucking cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like, so only two people can get in this car, this radioactive vehicle, and rise above everything else. The young man and the burnt-out stoner acid guy. Right. So to me, that's almost like, again, if I'm thinking, I'm trying really hard. Like, we saw The Whale last night, and Samuel Hunter was talking about cynicism. He's like, I think there needs to be a little more optimism in the world. Like, he's like, I try to write more optimistic, earnest things, and I'm like, wow, that's really beautiful. So... If I'm not thinking about this cynically, which is very hard for 1984 America, but if I'm not thinking about it cynically, the happier place is before all this started. And yeah. instead, maybe Otto, maybe Otto gets his money before his parents sell it off and he goes off and lives his life the way he wants to. <laughs> 
Like it does feel like a the, reaction to the eighties in a way. The cynical read is that yeah. these guys ascend and become part of this. The, these guys ascend and become the boot heels on the rest of the repo men. Like that would be my read. Oh, so they're rich now and they get to beat the shit out of the repos. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to be a cynic, that would be the read I would take with it. it Cause that's be super Reaganism. My... Two, two people can withstand the atomic, na- the atomic nature of a neutron bomb. Maybe all it's destroying is the bullshit, man. And we're on the right. All right. Here's my, here's my, it's my very cold war metaphoric read. Okay. That I don't know if it's actually cynical, but it feels kind of hopeful. Sure, sure. Which is, I think, what the movie's saying, right? And we have the old guy who's over it. One of the old guys who's over it. But who's, like, embraced that he's over it, right? He's not fighting to fucking have his place in the world, right? He just exists. Miller. And the young guy who could still possibly change. Right. And I think what the movie is saying is that at the end, all we're doing is trying to get back at the time before we had to be repo men, before we had to take these stands in the ground, before we had to do things that cheapen ourselves, right? Before we had to take from others to get our own, right? Right. Um, and so not only is that personal to these guys, right? But it's, it's a sign of the time, right? The 80s were this greed is good kind of mentality, and so maybe this is the movie that's kind of showing us what falls between the cracks and that these kind of guys are getting gobbled up and that maybe that what they're flying back to is just a time before all of this rampant consumerism and credit ratings and whatever the fuck this movie's trying to get at uh, before all that. Right. And I don't right. know, that might actually be a cynical read. I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I think that, I think because the movie seems to be quite cynical, it's hard not to like go with the vibe. It is hard to find a non-cynical satire. I mean, that's what satire is. I think this this movie is satirical. Yes. I think that, I mean, that's what, that's what satire is supposed to be. It's supposed to, Mm. for me, satire always points out and not like, not a tragically cynical way. Cause like there's those movies that, I mean, like, Aaron Sorkin writes incredibly cynically. Like even the most Capra esque moments in his movies are like just fucking just overloaded with cynicism. To me, a satire like this, that's more just like, this is the satire that doesn't take itself seriously. It understands that it's a movie. And I think what Alex Cox does better than um, his compatriots of the time that seemed to under that were doing sort of similar things was, doing a movie like it's like he's in film school alex cox sees taxi driver and he's like how do i make that about where i am mm-hmm. la and um i don't know let's just add some weird sci-fi element with like a fucking neutron bomb in the middle of right. it like that's like to me that's like the that's the 1980s version is like that's the that's right. the taxi driver for 1980s is like instead of doing taxi driver where like it's a vet who's on the edge. Instead, it's yeah. some fucking suburban Bick, punk. Bickle wants to take revenge for an America that he never got right. and was offered. This Otto is, just wants a job so he can Otto buy Otto wants a job so he can be part of the America that he knows is offered. Like Because he thinks that his America's run out, and he's not angry right. and violent about it like Travis Bickle. Right. And in 10 years, he becomes a lawyer that has to coach a Little League hockey team. And that's the prequel to the Mighty Ducks. So, Repo Bombay, here for you. Maybe that's the destination. Is he finally made it to Richville? But because he wasn't oh one of God, them naturally, yes. he falls back into his fucking time loop. This is the movie. This is the prequel. Mighty Ducks to the is Mighty the paradox. Ducks. Yeah, Mighty Ducks is the paradox. He lands there in is. a future and he's like, "Where's Miller? Why am I on this pod?" And his dad's like, "Nice slap shot, boy." He's yep, like, oh, I there it is. It. Oh my God, that's exactly. And then what it time is. catches up with him. That's where he goes. That's where he goes. There it is. That's God, why he man. takes that. That's limo why we on do this pod because we kids, like to yeah. get to the bottom of these kinds of things. We like to dig it up. We like to attack Reaganism and dig yeah. it up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I uh, yeah, for the first time watching, I would absolutely watch it again. It's a lot of fun. What, man. what I would say is the final right is it's a really fun ride. It's an interesting movie. I think it does this thing that is such a hard game to play, which is it gives you a lot of characters that feel real and lived in, really voicing their opinions about the lives they're leading, 
but it's, it's done in a way where it doesn't feel like the writer lecturing us, wanting to tell us his opinions about the state of the world. It just feels like real humans bumping into and off of each other yeah. without anything to say, even though they're all telling us their thoughts on everything, right? It feels like a real back and forth with the audience. Um, and it's so much harder to do because when I say it like that, everyone's like, that's every fucking script. Believe me, as a former script analyst, it's not. Add to every script wants to be and should be. Right. That's way harder to do than it seems. Right? That's where you get to the Sorkin, where every line is a pointed, you should know everything I know. Right. And that's not what this movie is, and it is kind of this fun, ambiguous. I love the fact that they don't ever tell us what's happening with the car. Right? Yeah. It would it would kind of cheapen the movie if they just explained it all away and told yeah, them, like, why? it's fun to sit with the ride and just kind of take the decisions as they come it's there it is that's it that's it that's it that's it Sorry, i sound like a monster for repo man repo man another wonderful pick i believe this is two for two for stocking stuffers for howard, our old p. Friend yeah. howard p sorry howard i should have re-asked your i think it's pie freight no not a pie freight that sounds like he's shipping delectables pirate i think close it's enough either way Either way, I know for sure it's Howard. And Howard is one of the truly nicest guys I've ever met. Like, through COVID and podcasting, I got Howard in my life, and that, that's made my life better. Wonderful man. For a fact. He, he is a really good guy. Um, really loves movies and podcasts, and he's very supportive of them. And, yeah, just we need more Howards, man. You know what I mean? Thank you we for the pick. We need more Howards in this world. As always, catch us on all your socials. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Hive. Um, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Every time I open the fucking Hive at it, it takes three Guys, minutes to show me anything. Do yourself a favor this Christmas. Celebrate with a dollar towards our Patreon and get on and, our Discord, which is a blast. And put a subscription in everyone you know's stockings. Yeah, give everyone $1 subscriptions. It. Everyone will love it. We'll have a fun time. You get to You'll hear some cool it. stuff. It'll Buy a great. year at once. You get a good discount. You'll love it. If you really want to spice things up, check us out on YouTube. You can see our faces. You can watch Griffey Mime, like I said. But that's at the beginning of the pod. He's not. Oh, no. All right. There's that, too. You'll to never know unless you check it out on YouTube. Either way, guys, we have more stocking stuffers coming your way. We love you. We appreciate it. This is truly one of our favorite times of year. Besides October, of course. So make sure that you li keep listening. Griffey, anything else? Fuck Florida. <laughs> From the film Alchemist, I am Alex Tandino. I'm Florida Sam Squanch. <laughs>